So it used to be that the wealthy would flaunt their status by spending copious amounts of money, whether you had a really fancy purse or you drove a really expensive car or you lived in a massive decadent mansion. But could we as a culture be so sick and twisted that we now want to flaunt how hard we work as the status symbol of choice? Interesting article we need to pull back the curtains on today. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 69 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Thanks for spending part of your day with me today. Um, we got an interesting article to pull back the curtains on today. My brother, Wes, sent this over to me, uh, and he wanted to know my thoughts on it. So I told, I read it, and I said, oh my gosh, I will give you my thoughts in an episode of The Graham Cochran Show, brother. So this is for you, Wes, and for those of you that want to dive into a really interesting cultural moment we're having right now. There's a great article in The Guardian uh, that Ben Tarnoff wrote called The New Status Symbol, It's Not What You Spend, It's How Hard You Work. I'm linking to it below the video here in the YouTube description. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just go to theguardian.com and search for the new status symbol, hard work. Uh, and this is actually an article that came out three years ago in 2017. Um, and it's interesting because I've talked about, this is going to be an article about major CEOs in the U.S. of companies, and I'm going to read you huge portions of it that are fascinating. I have three major takeaways from this article that I would love to discuss with you, and I want to see where you land on sort of these three takeaways. Um but it's interesting that, I mean, I've talked about Elon Musk uh, on his work every waking hour video that went viral on YouTube. I've talked about Bill Gates and his whole didn't take a day off at all in my 20s, which is bananas. But massive uh, leaders and tech entrepreneurs and, you know, kind of culture makers in terms of the business space seem to fall into this. And there's different articles and pieces of news that come out on how many hours these CEOs work. And I thought this was an interesting take on it. And I want to know what you think. Definitely go read the whole article when you have some time. Um, okay, uh, here's, you know, the premise, right, is we used to spend a lot of money on stuff. But now we almost pride ourselves not in what we spend, but in how hard we work. So according to Ben, I'm quoting now, Apple CEO Tim Cook told Time Magazine that he begins his day at 3.45 a.m. General Electric CEO Jeff Immelt told Fortune that he has worked 100-hour work weeks for 24 years. <laughs> Not to be outdone, Yahoo CEO Marissa Meyer told Bloomberg News that she used to work 130-hour work weeks. By the way, can we pause the article for a second? 130 hours a week? That's 18 plus hour days, seven days a week. Do you understand how insane that is just for a moment? Just do the math. You're working 18 and a half hours a day, every day, which leaves only what? Five and a half hours to sleep or do anything else? I, my brain just cramped up. 
Tim Ferriss is rolling in his grave, even though he's not dead. He's rolling in his awakeness and his aliveness. <laughs> he's rolling somewhere, probably tangoing in Buenos Aires or uh, doing some kind of like jujitsu uh, in uh, Bangladesh. Okay, so I'm going to continue quoting. It goes without saying that these individuals aren't working out of necessity. The vast majority of Americans work because their survival depends on a wage. By contrast, these three CEOs, Mayer, Immelt, and Cook, could retire tomorrow and still live very comfortably for the rest of their lives with plenty left over to pass on to the next generation. Their collective net worth is almost $1.5 billion. Still quoting, it's about the public display of productivity as a symbol of class power. Let me read that again. The public display of productivity as a symbol of class power. In an era of extreme inequality, elites need to demonstrate to themselves and others that they deserve to own orders of magnitude more wealth than everyone else. So Cook, Tim Cook, this is the CEO of Apple, is approximately 500,000% richer than the average American. But he wakes up at 3.45 in the morning. This is the hallmark of conspicuous production. It justifies the existence of an imperial class by showcasing their superhuman levels of industry. It's an interesting take that he's going on, okay? Um, a recent study by the Economic Policy Institute found that American workers work significantly more hours than they did a few decades ago. So everybody's working more, this, uh, this study found, especially women, black people, and the poor. A black woman in the bottom fifth of earners worked 349 more hours in 2015 than she would have in 1979. The reason is simple. Wages have barely budged since the 1970s, which means today's workers have to work harder to make ends meet. One final quotation, and then we'll break this down. Compare the woman working long hours for minimum wage with the woman working the same hours for $30 million a year. One is trying to avoid hunger and homelessness. The other is broadcasting her power and prestige. In the first Gilded Age, excess looked like a woman in pearls alongside a woman in rags. In the second Gilded Age, it looks like a woman who works 100-hour work weeks but doesn't need the money alongside a woman who works just as hard but can barely keep a roof over her head. Strong words, um, and I'm not saying I land where Ben Tarnoff lands on where he is going with this article because it got a little political. Um, he makes some really good points. So we have a culture of overwork. Workaholism, people don't like the word workaholism because it sounds like alcoholism, which sounds like it's a bad thing, but it should sound like alcoholism because it is a bad thing. Generally speaking, I'm going to clarify my thoughts here and defend them a little bit. Um, but we are obsessed with work. Uh, and we work all the time. We work all the time. This was an interesting article sort of showcasing the ultra wealthy and successful who work harder than just about anybody. I mean, 130-hour work weeks? That's insane. Um, to then the bottom fifth of the lowest on the totem pole of uh, American workers who work really, really hard, sometimes three jobs, right, to make ends meet. And sort of, it, so 
this article sort of splits the difference and is comparing the two, but uh, the problem plagues the mushy middle that we're all in, right? We may not be worth half a billion dollars and we may not be at the bottom of the economic totem pole. Most of us mathematically are in the middle somewhere and we still have the same problem. So I don't want to chew out the CEOs and I don't want to defend the poorest of the poor as if one is right and one is wrong. What's more interesting to me is the why. Um, and what's more interesting to me is where you land and where your head's at. So if I think about it, there's three reasons why people work all the time, because we do. We are in America. I'm going to speak for Americans because that's where I live. We work all the time. Um, three reasons why people work all the time. See which one of these relates to you. Reason number one, people work all the time. This is one camp, because they have to. Because they have to. That's that's part of where this article went, right? They have to work all the time to pay the bills, to survive. When, when you're making minimum wage in the United States in it, the year's 2020, and you're getting paid $8 and something an hour, it's really hard to live on $8 an hour. If you worked 10 hours a day, every day, that's 80 bucks a day times seven, what is that, $350 a week? What is that? $1,400 a month? I mean, my math could be off, but that's like not really sustainable, right? 80 times seven. Oh, 560. I'm sorry, I'm so bad. Oh gosh, it's the end of the day for me. 2240. So you're making just over 2,200 bucks a month. If you're making eight bucks an hour, 10 hour days, every single day. And a 10 hour day is a long day. Uh, that's not enough. That's basically hitting the poverty line. You know, if you're a family of four in the US, I think the poverty line is $24,000 a year, somewhere around there. You can correct me in the comments below, but you're you're at or near the poverty line. Um, so, because rent, I mean, rent's gonna be easily half of that, especially if, if you have a family, like you need enough space. Um, it's hard to get rent for under $1,000 a month in most parts of the country uh, of any kind. You know, maybe you get rent for seven, 800 bucks if you're lucky or you have roommates. Um, so you can see how it is compelling out of sheer survival for a certain group of our people in America to work all the time. They need to work all the time. And that's why they usually have two jobs. Many times they have three jobs. They work one job in the morning, one job in the evening, or some of them round the clock. You know, and they try to just get as many hours as they can just to survive. Um, a lot of people coming into America, they, they come to this country for opportunity and this is their life for a season. A lot of them work around the clock, insanely amazing work ethic, but they live really, really frugally. They usually live together in a lot of people in one place, save money, and they're saving money to start a business, to get ahead, so it's for a season. For some people, this is their whole lives, but that is one group. They work all the time because they have to. There's a second group. They work all the time because they want to, because they want to, and this is the second group that this article is talking about, the main group, right, the CEOs, right? So, you know, Ben Tarnoff compared the people who have to work and the people who want to work all the time, and so it's more of a status symbol. Um, and there's a few reasons why, and he alluded to some of these, um, and I, I just want to tease them out a little bit more in case he didn't make them explicit in the article, but there's 
three core reasons why I think people work all the time because they want to and why they want to work all the time if they don't have to, right? So these, these are assuming these are people who have a high net worth, high income, don't need to work all the time, but they want to. Number one is to assuage their guilt of wealth. Uh, last week, we even touched on this. We were unpacking one of my students, Stephen, who said he had like a, maybe a, sort of issues with money and he didn't want to make a lot of money. He just wanted to make $1,000 a month. And there's a little, you almost could sense a little bit of a, I don't need to be one of those rich people. And and that's just very telling. I'm reading into it, may not be there, but it's telling of the culture we live in where there is a lot of uh, finger pointing at the wealthy, the whole 1% the whole, um, you know, Occupy Wall Street movement a few years ago. Um, we're like a, a culture that's angry with the rich people, um, which does, it just still doesn't make sense to me because statistically all Americans are rich compared to the rest of the world. But we don't like to put ourselves in the same bracket as the 1%. So we, we've picked who we think the rich are and we're like, those rich, those are the rich we don't like. Uh, which again is is so judgmental. Even if you just want to say, okay, the one percenters, you know, they're evil. Like, oh my gosh, you're so you're lumping everybody that's in the top one percent as the same type of person for a, a culture that's all about tolerance and acceptance. Like, how judgmental and intolerant is that to say, based on how much money you make or have, this is the kind of person you are. Like, it just shows the insanity of our culture. We're so bipolar and confused. So we have a, but, but there's a bias there towards wealthy people, especially the uber wealthy, the 1%. The bias is that they are, uh, they're, they did something either illegal to get it or they're non-generous and they don't care about the poor or they, like there's all, whatever it is, it's all this made up stuff. Now there are some bad apples for sure. And they're the ones we love to demonize, but then we put that label on everybody. So that bias exists. The uber wealthy know that. And so I think that is one reason why they choose to work all the freaking time is to assuage their guilt. Like they feel guilt because our culture hates rich people. Well, <laughs> we all want to be rich, but we hate rich people. Figure that one out. And so they feel it whether they want to acknowledge it or not, it's there. Like they know that they have so much more than the average person and it eats at their soul a little bit, right? And so part of it is like, well, you know, I work so hard uh, and it kind of makes them feel better than as opposed to if you were in the top 1% and you didn't have to work at all, um, you probably feel even more guilty. So it's, it does a little bit probably to assuage that guilt. Number two, they work all the time because they want to. They want to impress others with their commitment of importance. So, so many of us, all of us, no matter how much we make, struggle at some point or to some degree with our work and our identity being wrapped together. Um, it's, it isn't true in all cultures, but especially in America, work and identity, like you are what you do. Like you go to a party, you talk to somebody you haven't met before. What's your name? What do you do? Like those are the two questions that roll off the tongue. Everything else is secondary. Not, you know, do you have a family? What's your favorite movie? Like those are secondary things to what is your name? What do you do for a living? We are what we do. And so our identities are wrapped in it. So we want to impress people with our wealth potentially, but in this case, we wanna impress people with our work ethic and our commitment to whatever our, our work or our businesses are. It's a very strong American ethos. We are very much pull yourself up from your bootstraps. We are the people that sort of came over and we rebelled against 
wherever country we came from, and we wanted to like make a new nation for ourselves, and no one's going to tell us what to do, and we're going to figure this out, and we're all going to die from gout and all these diseases, but we're going to we're still going to figure it out. And we, you know, we built this nation. And I'm skipping a lot of awful history that we don't like to talk about in this country, but there's this ethos that's come out of it is like you could be anything you set your mind to, and uh, and we're going to just work hard. If you work hard enough, you can achieve success. And so if you are successful, that overwork continues to prove to people that you're committed and you're important is you work hard. And then the third reason these people work all the time and want to work all the time is they ha- they have to have a reason and they want a reason that they can take credit for their success. If you if you work all the freaking time and you're super successful, it makes it very easy to put two and two together. You can say I'm successful because I wake up at 3.45 in the morning and I bust my butt, I work 18 hour days, seven days a week, and I don't take vacations. Now, I do not know Tim Cook personally. I do not know Marissa Mayer. I do not know, again, Elon Musk and Bill Gates, the people I made fun of a few months ago. I'm sure they're fine people. Uh, Many of these people are very philanthropic and they give a lot of their wealth away and they genuinely care about using their platform and their wealth for the good of humanity. Not that that needs, they don't have to be philanthropic to, to justify themselves to me or anyone else. I'm just saying I don't know them personally, so I'm totally putting words in their mouths. Like Tim Cook might just like waking up 3.45 in the morning. There's plenty of people I know who are not uber wealthy who just wake up at four in the morning, five in the morning, and they go crush it. That's just like a thing. I'm just saying there is significant evidence and it's very easy to sort of peek behind the curtain and see that we as as human beings, we're prideful and we like to take credit. It's a lot easier for people to understand success if you say it's because I work so hard. It causes people to go, huh? If you have a level of success that they marvel at and you work three, four hours a week. Uh, In fact, it makes them a little resentful probably of your work. So for example, if I were to say to someone at a bar, like, what do you do? And I tell them, and it somehow came out uh, about the amount of money that my business makes, both of my businesses make. If I explain to this person randomly, and they're like, you make how much a month? Or, Or how much a year or whatever it is? And you work how many hours a week? Like, then the conversation becomes either one of intrigue, which is where I love like, well, how do, tell me how you do that. I'm very curious. I want to do that myself. A lot of times it creates awkwardness because they, they're they like resentful and angry or it doesn't make sense to them. So it would be a lot easier if I'm just like, yeah, yeah, make, you know, this business does a million dollars a year and, you know, I work 80 hours a week. They'd be like, oh yeah, good for you. Good for you. But if I say I work three hours a week to make a million dollars a year, they'd be like, what are you doing that's illegal? I don't get it. You sell drugs, right? Like, it just doesn't relate. And not only that, not only is it awkward, but if I'm not working all the time, then I can't point really to myself for the success. I mean, you could point to the systems and you could point to the way the passive income business is set up. And I try to, not in a way that's like, look at me, what I've done, but to show you that, look, you, you don't have to work all the time to make this happen. Like it's it's math and it's systems and it's a little bit of strategy, not even that much. And, and anybody else can pull this off. Anybody could pull this off. Um, but it feels a lot better to say, look at me, I work so hard. That's why, you know, I make $30 million a year. It's a very American ethic. So 
Those are three reasons why that second category of people work all the time because they want to. It's There's a little bit of guilt. They want to impress people on how hard they work and how important they are, and they want to have a reason to take credit for their success. I can't really take full credit for my success partly because I know that it's God's doing. God's hand has been on my business. I don't deserve it. It was his idea. I'm just following his leading and promptings and then trying to do the best I can with it. It's still me that has to do the work, but I can't take full credit for it. And I especially can't take credit for how hard I work because I don't work that hard. Um, I think I've built a, a business that I think fits the life that I want and I'm teaching it to you. But the, the category of people I'm most interested in that immediately made my, came to mind, I should say, when I read this article was the third group of people that work all the time because we all work all the time. One group because they have to, one group because they want to. But the third group, and this is, I think, the majority, is people who work all the time because they think they have to. They think they have to. So these are the people that I interact with on a daily basis. These are the students that I, I coach. These are uh, the followers that watch a video or listen to a podcast. They're either at the beginning of their business journey, working their butts off, trying to get some momentum, or what's even sadder is they're already successful. They're doing $75,000 a year. They're doing $100,000 a year, $200,000 a year, working all the time, all, all the time. And, and especially in the online business world where there's no team, there's no meetings, there's no office, so you don't have to go into the office for 18 hours. So we could point the finger at Marissa Mayer of Yahoo and say, oh my gosh, she used to work 18 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, how is that much different from you working 10 hours in your home office, taking a break for dinner, and you go to the gym, and then you come back, and you work a couple hours while you watch Netflix, and then you put the kids to bed, and then you work another hour or two from your phone in bed while your spouse falls asleep without you, uh, and then you also bring your laptop on vacation. Like You're not far off from her. You're not in the office 10 hours, 12 hours, 18 hours, but you're working around the clock because you're, perp you're like perpetually connected. Um, and this is a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people. So why in the world would a group, a massive group of people, both financially successful and even those especially um, who are at the beginning of their journey, work all the time, and in my estimation, when they don't have to, but they think they have to? Why would they think they have to? Where does that come from? Because we don't ever ask that question, I don't think. Most people I know assume you want to be successful, you got to work hard. Yeah, you got to work hard, but you don't have to work a large quantity of hours. Those are two very different things. So I'm all about hard work. I'm all about good work. I'm all about deep work. If you want to do the whole Cal Newport thing, I'm all about focused work. But I'm not all about working lots of hours, especially whatever is becoming more normative in America these days, going past 40 hours a week, right? So why do people think they need to work all the time? Why, we never stop to question the why. We just assume, yeah, okay, it's gonna, I'm gonna be working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Don't wanna work 80, don't really wanna work 90, that's crazy. But why do we even assume 40? I did a whole episode on why everyone should take Fridays off and I did some of the history of where we got our 40 hour work week. Uh, according to where America was even 100 years ago, we were supposed to be working less than 40 hours. Like 40 was like what we had to do back then, but technology and, uh, you know, robotics and, 
and all these different things, we're going to reduce our work hours. So why, why, why are we not at 20 hours a week as the norm? And now we're going the opposite direction. Like we have all this technology, we're super productive and efficient, and now we're working more than ever. Why? No one ever questions why. Um, so why do you think you have to work all the time? Well, there's a few reasons. There's a few reasons. Um, there's three in particular that I wanted to highlight. So I'm, I want to see where you land on this. One reason why people work all the time when they don't have to, or they think they have to, I should say, is because they don't understand Pareto's principle and they don't understand Parkinson's law. Now, I've done videos on both of those on my YouTube channel, but Pareto's principle, it, it was is kind of coined, it's got a couple different names, the 80-20 principle or the 80-20 rule might be what you're familiar with, but Wilfred Pareto was an economist in Italy who sort of discovered this ratio in the universe. And he, he famously discovered it in the wealth in Italy, that 80% of the, the wealth was held by 20% of the individuals. He saw it in his garden, his vegetable garden. 20% of the pea pods generated or grew 80% of the peas that he harvested. So he started to see this relationship in, in the world, in human nature, in economics, in, uh, in nature itself, this 80-20 relationship or ratio. And sometimes it's 90-10, sometimes it's 95-5, sometimes it's 87-13, whatever it is, it's this lopsided, usually uh, four to one ratio. So that principle can be so invaluable to anybody, period, but especially the business owner, where you, you have to look at what you do for work, or even if you work for somebody else, you're, you're doing all these tasks. So look at 100% of the things you do in a given week. If 80-20 is correct, and it always is, 80% of the results that you need are coming from 20% of the things you do. So you could look at it one way that like what you do on Monday, if you did all the 20% of the things you need to do, the stuff you did on Monday is the equivalent of you working four days a week in terms of results. It's not divvied up evenly. You know, you're working 40 hours a week, but not all those hours, not all those tasks are even. And so doing an 80-20 analysis where you zoom out and you say, okay, let's be really ruth, uh, ruthless with my activities. What are the few activities that at the end of the day actually are moving the needle, putting more money in my pocket, getting me more customers, getting me more leads, more growth? Uh, it's, not, it's not even. So in essence, you can work less by cutting out the 80% like just completely eliminating it uh, and just doing the 20%. And your revenue and sales and everything would go down a little bit, but it'd only go down by 20%. You'd have 80% of your revenue, but you'd be working one-fifth of the amount of work to get it, which means then you could double down on the 20% of tasks and you could double your revenue, right? It's insane. You know, or one and a half times it, right? Uh, by working half the time. So, there's, there's so much power in 80-20. So I think a lot of people, they don't understand 80-20. They haven't actually done a proper 80-20 analysis. I think Tim Ferriss laid this out really, really succinctly in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek. Probably one of the strengths of that book is his whole section on the end of time management where he talks about the 80-20 principle and how powerful it is and how to use it in your business to eliminate and automate and delegate things that you really shouldn't be doing. So that's a huge part of how you work less. But people work all the time because they think they have to because they don't understand 80-20. They don't understand Parkinson's law, which is really people are so inefficient. We as human beings are such inefficient creatures when it comes to work. We, we have our phones blowing us up all day long. We have email open while we're working. We take meetings all the time. We let phone calls and meetings run longer than they should. 
We take longer lunch breaks than we should. We don't batch activities. We don't have short, imminent deadlines. We just, the whole idea with Parkinson's law is that work will always expand to fill the time you give it. It always expands. If you give yourself a week to do something, it'll take you a week. If you give yourself 24 hours, it'll take you 24 hours. It's just that simple. So taking that reality and saying, okay, well, if I wanna spend less time, I need to just spend less time. It's basically as simple as that. I'm gonna give myself less time to get this done and the quality actually won't suffer because since there's pressure, you will be focused and you'll only do what truly matters. And that's how you can see how Parkinson's law relates to 80-20. If you have a shorter deadline, you really only have time for the 20%. If you know what the 20% are, you can set a shorter deadline. You can see how they work together to create just as much productivity in less time. So I think a ton of your work, my students' work, the world's work is just waste. It's just waste. And if you could understand 80-20 and Parkinson's law, put them together, you'd be able to get more done in less than half the time and have much much more life at your disposal. So that's one reason why people think they have to, is they just don't understand those two principles. Second, people confuse activity with results. So when you go to work, whether you work for yourself or somebody else, we want money, we want accolades, we want to advance, we want to know we're, we're doing good work, but we also just want to come home and feel like we did something that day. Have you ever come home from work, even if you're just coming out of your home office, and like, what did I do today? What the heck did I do today? Like, my wife will ask me, like, we'll be at home, and she's cooking up an amazing dinner, and where you know, I'm, I'm cleaning up some dishes or hanging out with the girls or work, they're working on their math homework. We're all kind of gathered in the kitchen, which is where we try to like come back together and and start our evening together. And you know, we're just catching up on the day. And you know that simple question of like, hey babe, you know, so what did you do today? And like I just walked out of the office. I'm like, I have no idea. Like nobody likes that feeling. We want to feel like we did something. Because again, our identity is wrapped up in our work. And so we almost want to self-justify that we were gone for eight hours or 18 hours, depending on who you are. Uh, what did I do? So I want, I want to feel productive. So we love activity. Oh, I, I got to inbox zero. I crushed my email. I got rid of all. I can't, I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh. Like inbox zero is the most pointless endeavor ever. I'm sorry. My, some of my good friends love inbox zero. That's not running a business. That's just you cleaning up your inbox. But that feels good. Like people, I'm sorry if that's you. People love inbox zero. And I get it. Like it feels good for a moment to be like, I got through all my emails until right before you close it out, another email comes in. You're like, no, I just got to inbox zero. Oh, it's such a pointless endeavor, my friend. Don't, don't worry about inbox zero. My inbox is just, it's ridiculous. Uh, but that's a good example. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm at the end of the day, I'm having fun that's activity, right? That's activity, not results. That doesn't grow your business. That doesn't put money in your bank account. That doesn't expand your following or your reach or your influence in the world. No, it just makes you feel good. It's the same with physically organizing something in your office. I have a friend who she gets stuck because she will physically organize things in her room or on her desk, or she'll organize um, sort of her system for how she's gonna handle work. Like she likes a project because she likes organizational things and she won't actually get to the project or she'll have this long barrier between her and the project because she's creating the perfect system to be able to do the work. Maybe that's you. It, that's activity that feels good. 
doesn't move the business forward. It could, it could move the business forward, maybe, maybe, but it doesn't. Results are what move a business forward. Results are what pays the bills in any form of work. Uh, that's how you get promoted. You know, if you if you work for somebody else, the, the reason someone will get promoted and not you is because they focus on results and you focus on activity. Don't just do lots of things. Do the things that move the needle. So that goes back to really understanding what those things are, which is 80-20. So a lot of people just work all the time because they're like, I got so much I got to do. They don't realize that 80, 90% of what that activity is, isn't important. It's not, they're not focusing on results or focusing on all the things they got to do. There's a lot of things that I sh should do, should, I don't know. A lot of things. If I did them, I wouldn't have time to run this second business. If I did them, I wouldn't have time to just take days off when I want to. If they did them, I wouldn't have time to just take half days whenever I want to. If I did them, I wouldn't be able to go to France for six weeks. Like, that's... I have to say no, and I choose to say no to activities that might feel good, that might even be profitable, but they're not going to be the thing that moves my business forward. They're not going to give me results. The world's falling apart out there. I don't know what's happening. Third reason that people work all the time because they think they have to is they are afraid of losing momentum. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Momentum theory, the idea is one of the dark sides of running an online business or any business period. This whole idea that, man, I worked hard in the beginning, the business grew, and then that's when you get trapped. It's like once you get success, you get trapped because you're afraid to take your foot off the gas pedal. This is so common. And it makes sense because you're like, well, this is what got me here. A lot of work, a lot of energy to push that boulder. But now that boulder is kind of rolling on its own, you shouldn't have to push as hard, but you are pushing just as hard because you're afraid that it won't roll if you back off. No one wants to go backwards. It's that dangerous trap of, if you're making $0 a month in your online business and then you start to make $1,000 a month, it feels like amazing. But when you're making $5,000 a month, if you were to go back to making $1,000 a month, it would feel like you have failed. So everyone's afraid of going backwards because it's all relative to where you are currently. So that fear is what propagates this fear of losing momentum. Because we're like, if I slow down, if I work fewer hours, I mean, sounds great, Graham. I'd love to work four hours a week. Sounds great, Tim Ferriss. I'd love to work four hours a week. But A, I don't think it's possible, which you would be wrong. It's totally possible. But B, I would be afraid that if I did, it'd feel great for a minute, but then I would see my business slowly step slip away and all that hard work would be lost and I would have taken a turn for the worse, and it would have been a big mistake. That's a legitimate fear. That's It's a fear that keeps people working way harder, way more hours than they have to. So what I'm curious to know is how many hours you actually work a week. Um, if you're brave enough and you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment below and let us know how many hours do you work a week. Um, either way, think about it. In your head right now, how many hours on average, do you work per week in your business? I'm not talking about a day job. If you're transitioning, if you've got one foot in a job and one foot in your online business, I'm not talking about that. That's a little different because you're you're trying to pivot. But for those of you who have your business and you're, you're going at it full time, how many hours a week do you work on this? And would you consider yourself a workaholic? Would you consider yourself someone who's actually working more than they have to in light of this conversation? Yes or no? Because you may not think that you are. 
if you do feel like you're working all the time, why? Are you, are you in one of those three camps? Do you work all the time because you have to? Do you actually have to, to pay the bills? If so, I won't fault you. Is it because you want to? And if so, I want you to question yourself. Why? Why do you want to work all the time? And I have friends of mine who, they don't, they don't like this, this message when I talk about this. Um, when I did the video on Elon Musk, I'm making, kind of making fun of this whole idea of why we should work every waking hour. Uh, he, he told me that uh, he got pissed off at me. And it really, really threatened him and challenged him because he, he has a business, a super successful business. He sold it to a company and now he consults with them and works alongside them in the business, but he doesn't have to own it anymore. It's a really smart move. And he's happier doing the work he wants to do. And he works really hard and it really offended him. So if it offends you, that's fine. But I'd be curious as to why. Why does it offend you when I, when I question your desire to work all the time? Because some of my friends, they want to work all the time. And I'll, I'll, push, I'll push their buttons, not just, to, just for fun, but because I don't personally think it's a good move. But everyone's entitled to do what they want to do. So do you work all the time because you want to? And if so, why? Like, I would love to know why. You should have a why. There should be a, a why. And is it a good enough why? If you have a family, what do they think about it? You might feel good about it. What do they think about it? Or do you find yourself in this third category that you work all the time because you think you have to, meaning you you 100% believe you have to, but maybe in light of this conversation, you might be questioning whether you have to or not. I'm not saying that I'm some poster child of how many hours you should work or what your work-life balance should be. You know, I, I run two companies. I don't even know how long I want to run two companies. Like, I don't know. It makes sense for me right now. I feel like I can manage the two right now. Um, and they're, they're relatively easy to run. One business has a few team members that are very vital to its constant expansion and growth. And I, I depend largely on automation. The other business is primarily me with one partial team member. And it's just a really good fit right now. And it's, it's really easy for me to manage. And I like the rhythm. But I'm always questioning. I'm always questioning myself. Like, am I happy with how many hours I'm working? Am I happy with the work that I'm doing? Am I happy with my schedule and the way I spend my time? Am I happy with the activities that I've spent my time working on? Is it something I need to eliminate, automate, or delegate? Or, or am I happy to keep doing this task? So I'm always questioning myself. So don't do what I'm doing. I just know that one of the messages that I exist to share is the message that's anti this culture of workaholism, of hustle, of working all the time, of seeing how many hours you work as a badge of honor. I think it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I think what you should be proud of is the impact you have through your business. Now, you need to make money, so you wanna make your revenue goals and your income goals to live or beyond, live the life you wanna live. That's for you to decide. But money and income, as uh, Bob Berg would say in The Go-Giver, is sort of the, the, the applause of adding value. If you give and add value, have impact, whatever word you wanna use, money is the byproduct. 
So if you're making good money, it's because you're having good influence. And I want you to have that. I don't care how many hours it takes you to get there. I do care if it's too many hours because you are more than what your work is. Your work is a huge part of what you do and a huge part of your, your um, what you offer the, the whole planet and the human race, but it's not who you are. Your work is not your identity. One of my very first videos on this channel is that your work is not your identity. It's such an important thing to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about it because everybody, they, they, they don't believe what I'm saying and they're happy to believe what they want to believe. But I'm telling you, this is a, a moment in time that is going to take people on a dark path to crash and burn. I want to save as many of you from this, this potential fire that there is. I would rather you have a healthy business that you can run and manage and own and work in with a healthy amount of hours per week which I personally think is well south of 40 per week, personally. Um, I prefer fewer than 20, but it's up for you to decide. Uh, but what's more important is I want you to have a business that's efficient, that's beautiful, that adds a ton of value, provides for your needs and those around you, and that you can stay in for a long time before you burn out, before you burn out. Or you can stay in for a long time without destroying your marriage or you can stay in for a long time without distancing your kids and them having to go to therapy for the rest of their lives. You can stay in for a long time without having to resort to just cheap manipulation and tactics because you need to make as much money as possible to justify all the work you're putting in and, and it becomes your identity. You can't let a sinking ship sink and so you're unable to pivot into something that might make less money but be more life-giving. Those are all things I don't want for you. That's why this message is so important. So let me know, how many hours do you work? Do you think you work too much? And if so, why? Why? And if you don't feel comfortable telling me, at least think about this yourself. It's important. I care about you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're on YouTube, give me a like and subscribe. It means a lot. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, would you just take a moment and leave a review if this was a really helpful episode to you. If this connected with you in any way, it means a ton to me. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your ear. And uh, I wish you all the best in the coming weeks and months as you wrestle through some of these things. I'm in your corner. I'm fighting for you. I'll see you on another video and another episode real soon.